Hey there. What you're about to hear is an interview I did on Ryan Tomko's Lose Weight, Create Life podcast. I urge you while you're listening to this, go ahead and subscribe to his podcast on both Spotify and iTunes. Ryan's got a really, really interesting take and a really interesting mind, a great mindset on how to do all of this fitness stuff. And with this podcast he's doing, he's coming out with with episodes uh, fairly regular. He just started this not too long ago, but it is a mix of interviews and uh, solo episodes, which he's uh, he's got a great format, and it's really, really going to be awesome to see where he takes this. So again, as you're listening to this, make sure that you look it up on iTunes slash Apple Podcast. Subscribe there so you can... Uh, can Give them a, a rating and review if you like what you hear, and then go ahead and subscribe on Spotify so you can go ahead and share his episodes as you're listening to them. So, and of of course, as you listen to this, any comments or questions that you have for the two of us, go ahead and send us messages either individually or send send us a group chat thing on Instagram. All right, I'm gonna head off here. Let us know what you think. Have a wonderful day. Hello, friend, and welcome to episode number seven of the Lose Weight, Create Life podcast. My name is Ryan Tomko. Today, we are joined by my friend, Daryl Perry. You can find Daryl on Instagram at Your Level Fitness. You can also find him wherever podcasts are with the Daryl Perry podcast. Daryl is a certified personal trainer as well as a podcaster. He also coaches people on training, nutrition, and habits. And I'm so excited to have him on. Him and I go back and forth a little bit on different trends, diet trends, diet ideas, and exercise ideas. I'm so grateful for Daryl joining me today. And if you find value in today's episode, please feel free to share this with a friend, somebody you feel this message may be of use to. And if you did enjoy this episode, please feel free to leave me a review on iTunes or message me directly and let me know what you think. With that, let's get to the episode. Daryl, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm super grateful for your time, super grateful that it's not snowing like we were just discussing, <laughs> and I'm just so, so happy to have you. So thank you for joining me today. Yeah, absolutely. And and Ryan, thanks for having me on. And, you know, I, I think the whole thing of not only losing weight, but people taking that process and creating life, I, I think it's a, it's a great message. So yeah, I'm happy to be a part of it. I appreciate that, Daryl. Take us take us into a deeper look into your beginnings. What got you started into weight loss? Did you have what I like to call kind of an I'm fat moment and <laughs> made you realize you needed to make a change? What did that all kind of look like for you? So for me, um, you know, I was, I, when I was a kid, I basically ate pizza rolls and played video games and drank uh, soda um, all the time. So like, and typically those were my summers. Um, and I would basically, I guess I don't, I'm assuming I gained weight because when it would be almost time to go back to school, I'd try to put my, you know, my jeans on from the year before and they were a little snug within a couple of weeks, you know, I, I would be more active, play, you know, basketball at lunch and, and be into more activities and the weight would come off. Um, that went on and I was growing up, I was, uh, one of those Husky kids. So any of you that are, uh, in your, in your late twenties, early thirties, if you had to buy, uh, larger clothes in the eighties, yes, you were Husky and you probably know the bugle boy label quite well. Yes. Um, so yeah, so I, I, um, I, it was something that was kind of always, um, 
I mean, even when I was probably even before middle school a little bit, like I was always that kid. Uh, and then one time, um, because with the, with the cerebral palsy that I have, I, I met with a lot of doctors and orthopedics and physical therapists, uh, really throughout, uh, childhood, adolescence and all that. But I was going in to see a, a therapist and they, they weighed me. And I remember, uh, this was in December of 1996. So I was 14 years old. And that was the first time I was ever really like aware of the number of, of what I weighed. So, uh, I remember I was, I was 209, which, you know, looking back on it now, eh, it's, you know, it's, it, you're overweight, but I, I just remember feeling, oh, probably, I probably shouldn't weigh this much. Now, uh, I did not uh, really do anything to to change that. I was just kind of aware of it. And then maybe within a year or 18 months after that, I started to, you know, try to continue more activity through the summers. And I, um, you know, then started getting into, okay, well, I really do want to uh, maybe lose some weight. So uh, common, and this was back in high school. So the, the common sentiment back in the 1990 and late 90s was, you know, um, fat makes you fat. So you've got to eat a low fat diet. So uh, I ate all kinds of these fat-free snacks that actually were nasty, but because they didn't have fat in them, you know, this back at the time they were good, quote unquote. Uh, and then, which was fine. I mean, I ended up you know, losing some weight. And then um, as I was uh, coming into being, I guess, towards the end of my junior year and into being a senior, I started reading the fitness magazines. And, uh, you know, the big thing there, it's funny, if you look at the taglines for magazines for both uh, women and men now, it's still kind of the same thing. It's get the beach body, it's take the 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 bloat off, do all this other stuff, and get the six pack abs. Yeah, so, so, so I just really yeah. kind of started chasing that then, um, and then kind of went up and down with weight for years. I actually worked in a gym while I was in college. Um, and then even, you know, after that, and once I moved into the, the working world, I still had that way of coping and dealing with stress with food. So really, uh, still dieted anything that was really popular, uh, from probably the last you know, 10 to 15 years I, I probably have done. Uh, but then ultimately just kind of eventually figured out that doing a little bit of, of this plan and that plan and kind of building it around my own preferences was kind of the, uh, the way to go. And I enjoyed it. Uh, and that's kind of where, that's you know, one thing I have on my Instagram profile is I haven't really dieted since 2012 and it's just kind of been following my, my own thing. So that's in a nutshell, that's probably my, uh, my history with, uh, with weight and, and weight loss. That's interesting. Now, when let's talk about exercise for a second. Now, when you, first started about started exercising what did that kind of look like were you simply doing cardio were you doing any strength training in there it was i actually started uh with weights only uh, for the most part and this was going back to the days of physical therapy i had one um one orthopedic that was saying okay i think you really would benefit from just you know this kind of activity with this kind of build that you have and everything i i think you know, this would be really good for you. So he started me with strength training. And I think that's actually kind of the foundation for anybody that's, that's exercising is if you start off with a positive relationship with working out and, and whether you're doing cardio, whether you're doing strength or, or mix, you know, that really kind of sets the foundation. So I started with strength and then, um, 
as I've as I've kind of progressed through it, it's become a little bit more balanced between strength, cardio, and flexibility. But yeah, I, I started doing just and just circuit training, mostly machines and stuff when I was when I was a teenager. Right. Yeah, I think I know for me personally, and kind of like what you said there, I started off with strength training as well when I really got when I started taking things seriously. When I remember trying to you know, you know when you start your exercise journey, everybody thinks, man, I'm going to get up and I'm going to go run like three miles and, you know, (laughs) all all will be well. And God, I remember going outside and trying to run like down my street and I I just was like, well, that's it. I'm never going to be skinny. And then when I was introduced to strength training, there's just something so rewarding about it. And there's such an interesting payoff right away later in the day and just going forward that I find as super, super exciting. Whereas cardio, I just want, <laughs> I just want every second for it to be over. Well, and, and it's funny cause I'm still that way with cardio. Like I yeah. just, and, and that was kind of part of the whole thing. Um, cause I'll do the thing on the stair climber where we do the hundred floor challenge. Part of that is so, okay, I, uh, let me do this in three to five minute spurts take a little break, change the the music I'm listening to or whatever, change the podcast and then get back on it and do it in short spurts. And then I'll still play that game with myself because I'll be like, okay, it's going to take 23 minutes at the, the speed I'm going to get the hundred floors in machine time. Yeah. That's not counting the breaks. So I'll be like, okay, we're 15 minutes in, we're over halfway there. Okay. We've got six minutes left. We've got three minutes left. One more, one more round and I'm done. So yeah, it's, it, it's funny because even when you start doing a little bit of everything, if you have, you know, we all have stuff that we're not quite as fond of, but we still kind of do it. But yeah, that, that, nev- that feeling never goes away. So I don't love cardio, but I do it. <laughs> right. Yeah. I definitely get that. Now you mentioned your 100 floor challenge. Now, mm-hmm. what got you started on this? Because as I look at it, I'm like, holy crap. And you were so <laughs> consistent with it. What got this started for you? Was it an idea somebody else said that you borrowed? Or how did this all come about? So a big thing for me on Instagram is getting people involved in the community. I think that's the huge, yeah. that, that's the, the big thing. The, the biggest benefit of social media and Instagram specifically. And then uh, what what came of the 100 floors is I got on the fir- a stair climber for the first time probably six months ago. Mm. And I just, like, th- I, I was three minutes in, and I'm like, this is insane. I'm going to absolutely, like, I, am I going to have a heart attack right here? What's going on? Right. But what was interesting, I noticed that I had burned a ton of calories. So, this seemed to be a piece of equipment that if you go back to it, you know, if you're using that, okay, I lasted five minutes of this time, you, you actually seem to be able to build endurance rather quickly. Um, so then it became, okay, I like doing this. And then when I did a hundred floors, I'm like, is this something that I can do? Maybe a little bit of a cardio challenge, knowing that, you know, if somebody is on the stair climber, because we're focusing on that particular piece of equipment, they're going to be excited to do it. And for anybody else that's kind of has the, the feeling that I have around it, and it sounds like you might also, where like at first you're like 100 floors, yeah, bye. Um, you know, they can either do whatever type of cardio that they like or whatever their workout is and just, you know, it's all about tagging. Uh, it's all about tagging people in to, to really, you know, get their workout in. Uh, but there's been so many people that when I talk to them and they're like, the, the first message is always like, 
I don't use the stair climber. I hate that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, or I don't have access to one. So then it's like, okay, we'll try whatever it is that you do. And then what's funny is they end up finding a stair climber or getting on it. And then some of those people that really, really were opposed to it, um, really have kind of taken a liking to it. But the other thing is, cause I mentioned, I take breaks on it. Uh, it's something that you can really do at your own pace. And, you know, most of the time if somebody's doing like a running challenge, they'll, they'll get into what their pace was and all this other stuff. Uh, stair climber, you can take as many breaks as you need. I know some people and I've, I've had to have, con- not had to, but I've had conversations with them where, you know, they'll, they'll post, got a hundred floors in. This is my, I, I set a new PR and it'll be somebody at like 16 or 18 minutes and I'll just message them and I'll be like, I'm like, you realize we're not really doing this for time, right? Like half joking, <laughs> half joking, but half serious. Cause you don't right. want one person to post it at 16 and somebody else, you know, really, really uh, push it to get to 12 and, and, but no, it's, it's just really a, an accountability for working out, especially cardio, because that's something that most of us don't really, it seems like a lot of people don't like doing cardio, but, uh, it, it started out as something that was just really kind of fun and, and some folks have really taken to it. So it's fun. Yeah, definitely. I know. So a couple of weeks back, I was given a prompt at a Toastmasters meeting. And the question was, what do you think about social media as a whole? Because there's mm-hmm. so much bad out there versus all the good that there is. My first thought that came to mind was your hundred floor stair challenge. You, you have, yeah, I'm not, I'm not joking because you have such a way about it and it's out there for everybody to see. And like you said, so many people are getting involved with it that everybody just feels included because you're not doing it alone anymore. That's one of the more endearing things about social media, I think is that community we build and you do such an excellent job at it. And, I just had to recognize you for that because so often when we start these journeys, we think that we're alone and that nobody's in our corner. And if I'm not in my corner, nobody else is going to be in there with me. So for something like that to really include people is so powerful and so, so amazing for you to get started. So I I'm grateful for you doing that because yeah, you really, you really have every, every seemingly every week I see it and it's just, something that gets me excited because everybody else is getting excited as well with you. And it's really motivating to see. So, and, and I definitely, and this would actually, this is always a great conversation to have because the general thoughts on social media are that people are on their phones too much. Mm-hmm. They it's, it's ruining their communication skills and, and this, that, and the other. And I just, I want to point out to everybody that it really is a, a reflection of how you view yourself and you know, what you're putting out and, and taking in. And the nice thing is, is that you can actually set your own experience. You know, if you don't like what somebody is, is posting, you don't even have to unfollow them. You can just mute them for a little bit. Um, right. I mean, you can really create what it is that you see. And, you know, I've met so many wonderful people um, in and out of the fitness community uh, that it just, I just, I, I, I know that there's, there's things that are, are negative or bad that come out of it. I'm very much aware of that. I know that there are people that are falling into the comparison trap way too much. And I know that every once in a while, I mean, people need to take breaks. And I mean, I, I take them too. I, I mentioned that in a, in a podcast this morning that like, you know, I just yesterday, I just had a few hours there where I'm like, yeah, you know, normally I, I would be engaged in all this stuff on on uh, social media, but like, I just wasn't feeling it. So you just take a break and you move on. But, but yeah, I'd, I'd like to hear a little bit more about your thoughts on that because I, it sounds like 
you know, people at, at your Toastmasters, they kind of had a, a very common uh, thought towards social media. And it sounds like you, uh, you were giving them a little bit of an alternate point of view. <laughs> well, you go on social media or really any news outlet and you see so much negative. It's so easy to because there's so much of it. It's it's hard to sit there and focus on the positive and focus on something that's better than, you know, being outraged over some meme or whatever the heck, you know, is all the rage. There's there's so much about our daily lives now that is like that we have taken communication out. We are not communicating as much as we used to. When you walk down the street and you see somebody, you're probably going to hang your head down and not say hello. And I noticed that in definitely the younger generation, the older generation, mm-hmm. when I'm out and about, because I take a walk every day. And if I see somebody out, I'm going to take my sunglasses off, make eye contact with that person, pull my headphones out and say, hey, how's it going? How's your day? But that's not something that's as common now with kids nowadays or the younger generation, right. because we're just so we're so glued into what we're doing that we forget the outside world exists. Mm-hmm. And the beautiful thing I find about what you're doing is you you mesh the two so well it's it's a combination of interacting with people through you know through the online outlet and really interacting with people all across the globe essentially Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. and also sticking to your to your goals what you're doing that day and really keeping that ball moving forward towards your goals towards your dreams your aspirations yeah when when i was given that prompt that was the first thing i thought of because i mean there's just something so so special about it and if more people saw something like that every day rather than uh, another shooting in a mall or something or right. something so negative the world would be just a considerably different place i would i would think well and that's really you know look no one is. I, I, I think you, you definitely have to acknowledge that there's bad stuff and evil that's happening in the world. And yes, they're, you know, they are using these communication tools to spread their message. But, you know, you're in charge of your own experience, not only with what you see online, but what you're saying with the with your walks, too. I mean, like something like that, like if you're going out today and taking a walk on a, on a nice fairly warm spring day, you know, you have a chance to actually see somebody and like you said, make eye contact, have a conversation with them. And, you know, I, I think it's one of these things like pretty much so like so many other things that go on in our life. This is not a matter of social media or face-to-face communication. It's social media and face-to-face communication. So, right. yeah, no, I, I, I think you're right on that. And I think ultimately, I mean, we're, we're each, we each are responsible for our own experience and how we handle it. Yeah, we really are. You feel so alone. I know when I first started Instagram and I was like, yeah, man, you know, I'm really going to get into this fitness thing. It's just like, you you become so lost so quickly, especially with the oversaturation of stimulus that is the various ads you'll see, the various, yep. you need to do this workout, you need to take this pill, you need to try this diet. There's just something, you know, the community that is that everybody's involved in now, it, it makes things a lot easier and you're able to weed or sift through the weeds a lot better. Well, in that, I'll tell you what, that takes some time to figure out and just you know, like you're saying, yeah. navigate as well, because yeah, you, you first come on here and you're hit with so much information and you've got so many recommendations and you're really just kind of shell shocked at the whole thing. 
and then you know as time goes on and you get into your groove uh there there really is a, a wonderful community on here and it's not just it it's not just um you know planet fitness and it's not just weight watchers or not just keto or crossfit but uh, in general there's so many different people on here doing so many neat things and, and they're just working through what it is they do every day so it's it's really neat there really are and then the other thing that gets a little troubling sometimes is people's viewpoints of oh my god they're doing keto or why are they doing whatever it is and there's such an easy draw to be negative towards what other people are doing however when you see people that are succeeding and thriving but you see it in a very real vantage point it, mm-hmm. you know you're you're more inclined to support those people even if you're not directly you know maybe in agreement with what they're doing or how they're doing it or you've tried something and it didn't work for you but it's working for them it it just really it really brings it really brings people together which is the whole social aspect and it it makes the whole journey just so much so much easier and it makes really makes you feel like you have somebody there with you at all times well, and, and what's really, uh, you know, what that also does is, is it's what you're talking to is it, you start to really be, you start to see the ins and outs. You become more empathetic of what somebody else is going on. Because if you, if somebody was just to say, and right now, I mean, keto is white hot. So you can't, yeah. you can't scroll through any social media post or walk past any, any newsstand in a grocery store and not see multiple things about keto. So it becomes very polarizing. But when you get to actually talk to and just meet people that are going through it and hearing their experience, you start to look at things differently. And I remember, um, you know, probably about a year or so ago, I, I just, for whatever reason, I hadn't been following a lot of weight loss surgery accounts. And then, um, I, I ended up connecting with somebody that I, that I knew personally that actually, uh, has, a has been involved in that community. And through her, I started connecting with other people and I just started asking them because, you know, every fitness community, somehow there's a, a usually negative stereotype that other communities like to, to sling at them. But I just started asking people like with no assumptions, like what, what led you to make the decision to have surgery and what's your day-to-day like, what day-to-day life like, how are you prepared for this heading into it? And what are some things now that might, you know, maybe what, what's going the way you expected it? What are some things that are, are completely different? And you just, you know, it, you find that there's even within communities, everybody's doing things differently. And I think, you know, for me, because I'm a certified personal trainer and I do the online fitness coaching, I think you're really setting yourself up to be a successful professional. If you understand not just one particular aspect of a diet or an exercise program, but you really start to get a a broad sense of what is going on in the community as a whole and then driving that down individually on what somebody is is working through and in, in their process. Right. I kind of think of it similar to medications because I kind of come from a medical background and mm-hmm. we you know we often say that what one medication works for somebody it may not work for somebody else and the same kind of goes for you know, different, like the diet pads and exercise and all these different things, because everybody's just engineered so differently. Not every person is going to respond to keto. Not every person is going to 
you know, see crazy results from a sustainable weight loss plan and just, you know, counting calories every day. And it, it's such a satisfaction now society that we have to see that crazy 20 pound drop in a week or else we're out, you know, and it's so easy to just get stuck in the mud because you see all these people all the time that are, you know, I'm doing keto and I'm down 30 pounds in two weeks. And you're just like, man, why can't I do that? <laughs> yeah. I, I know when I first started, that's, that's all, that's seemingly all I saw. And then it was, yeah, it was all the keto quick drops and then like crazy bodybuilders that were super shredded. And here I am with my gut hanging over my belt going, why the hell can't I <laughs> look like that <laughs> while I'm slamming like a pack of Oreos or something on the side, but yeah. you know, <laughs> which by the way, after the competition show, they are slamming just as oh. many Oreos, if not more. So yeah, it's, but, but you know, it's, it's really hard when you scroll through and when we talk about the number on the scale, like it, it just, it carries, well, bad pun, but I mean, it carries so much weight. Like you see it and it just like, and, and even back to when I was a kid and like, there was no real rhyme or reason to that number having it, you know, the, the 208, 209 pounds having any kind of, of effect on my, on my mind like i shouldn't have had any kind of issue with it but i just remember seeing it like oh that's not good so uh, we just we have this association with the number and then you're right when we're working through the process and we're you know collecting our info getting our data and then we see what somebody else is doing and you're just like well geez why can't i be like them so i I get it man one of the interesting things is since i've started the podcast and since i've really gotten more active on social media Mm -hmm. now i work with primarily women and women or the women i work with i should say they they see this and they're like oh well i'm i'm a bigger guy i still am and i still have ways to go and then i hear all of them go man you know i could i need to lose some weight too and they look at the scale and like you said it just holds so much weight Mm -hmm. the the thing I always tell them is, okay, great. Look at the scale once and then don't look at it again for like two months. Like yeah. go do, do, do what you know how to. And if you don't know, get the information. It's somewhere out there for you and just put in the word, put in the time and figure out how your body feels, but don't look at that scale every day. I know some people that are so meticulous, like, man, I woke up and I'm I gained 0.6 pounds and and then it just gives them this negative outlook. One of the things that really that I hone in on people is, yeah, don't look at it for like a month or two in between. Just do your thing, go about your business, do your work and it'll, it'll show you'll feel it because a lot of the time when you gain that muscle back, if you're in the gym, a lot of women and most of the women I work with are in pretty decent shape. They're not, they don't have a significant amount of weight, weight to lose. Like I do. They, the muscle trade-off versus the fat that they may lose is going to be so it's they're going to stay around the same weight more than likely they may even gain a pound or two due to the muscle they may gain from it but they see that in such a negative light and they're like man even though i'm feeling good i'm you know 135 instead of 134 or something and that just you know it ruins their (laughs) ruins their whole outlook so in and um because i know you you work as a trainer are you doing um, and, and that's the funny thing. Most, most trainers and coaches predominantly our client base is women. Um, what? but, um, are I was gonna you say, actually, I, I work in a, 
I, I train on the side, but I also work in a dermatology uh, surgery center every day. So that's where I get that aspect of it is the Got dermatology it. side. And, yeah. So yeah, it, it's just, it's a, interesting hearing that every day or almost every day. Well, and, and, you know, the question that I, that, and this is what I think is really funny is when you tell somebody, okay, stay off of the scale for X, you know, for weeks, months or whatever. And uh, which by the way, I wish, I wish the only time people would get on the scale is when they go to their doctor. And then when they go to the doctor, they take the logs of, you know, this is how many days I followed this eating plan and how many days, you know, I was successful five days a week. This is how many workouts that I did. Um, Mm -hmm. just because I, I think, you know, if you're getting on the scale once every six months or so, that's good. Um, and then when you put all the, the other information around it, okay, this is what I've been doing, then you and your healthcare professional can have an intelligent conversation. Otherwise, if, if they just look at your chart and see how much you weighed this time versus the last time you were in, then the conversation is, you know, what have you been doing? And then the patient's kind of like, well, I don't know. And then they're like, okay, we'll just exercise more and eat less. Cause that's really all, I mean, that's all they can go on. But right. I, I think it's funny when you just say to somebody, yeah, stay off the scale. And then they're just like, I can't. And they, they just continue mm-hmm. to, to do it. So, but yeah. I'd... That's such an obsessive thing because that's, that's kind of the bar. That's where we need to be is I see it and I need to get to this weight. And if I don't get there, everything's a failure. It's just, right. it's, it's such a, sometimes you just want to shake people and you're like, come on, like, <laughs> like this, it's not the end all be all really what your, your weight is a direct correlation of your health. How, how do you feel? How, how are you feeling? Are you really attentive? Are your energy levels good throughout the day? The day is, you know, how, how are you carrying yourself each day? That's what I think is the most important, but it's difficult, especially for women, because Again, you go on social media and there's that negative side of it potentially because you see the bikini models that are, you know, all over and it's hard to miss. And then women look at themselves and they're like, why, why am I not there? Why can't I be that? I should be that as a woman, as a female. And it's, it's tough. And I know guys do it to a certain extent too. And it's, it can be very difficult to try to talk people out of that because that's, that's essentially the goal. If I'm not 120 pounds and I haven't, you know, uh, they think they need to starve themselves to get there and I need to be this beach bikini model to have any sort of significance than everything else a failure. It's, it's tough to deal with sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's, it's this all or nothing mentality and it's, it's easier for us. to. And that's the thing. Like I know how hard it is to get out of that mindset and it's, it, and I know that whenever, you know, we're having a conversation like this and we're like, okay, focus on things that are within your control, focus on your day to day. And, you know, people hear that and they're automatically thinking, well, easy for you to say, like, I've been like this my entire life. I can't just right. turn it off. So, but yeah, I, I totally get it. I get that. When I was over a little over 400 pounds, I remember looking at all these people and I'm just like, man, I, I'm a failure as a person because I'm not like that. And then goes into the the thought in my mind that I'm I hold no significance I can't be like that I I don't deserve the life they have essentially when really those people have put in the time those people are the same person you are essentially they're just a couple weeks months years ahead of you Mm -hmm. it's 
it's such an interesting perspective that most people don't look at. I was talking when I did my last interview with uh, Jesse Brizendine, we were talking about the going into the gym for the first time aspect of going in there and seeing all these people that a you think are probably really mean because they're super in shape which i don't know why most of us think that and then b we're just like man they're gonna everybody's gonna look at me everybody's gonna stare at me and think why is this chubby guy sitting here trying to lose weight this is a club for you know fit people it's this like internal paradox that we put into our minds that is just so so outlandish once you kind of reflect on it. But at the time, you're just like, man, all eyes are on me. The spotlight's on me, and I, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and everybody's just laughing at me internally when it's really not the case. It's, it's, so, it's so interesting, that perspective and the way we see ourselves and the, really, in actuality, the way people see us. I think... I heard first heard the quote from Jay Shetty. He's a speaker and somebody I follow very closely. He talks about the way you perceive yourself. He says it's not about it's not about what I think I am. It's not about what you think I am. It's about what I think you think I am. And it's just this internal paradox that we live in that is just so outlandish. And it can be really hard. I remember going to the gym so many times. And not being able to go in there, I would drive home because I'm just like, man, I'm still overweight. I had a cheat meal yesterday that I shouldn't have had, or I had a binge the day before that I just couldn't control myself. I had to eat all that food. I'm feeling like crap. I'm sitting in the parking lot of this gym, but I can't go in there. I need to go home. Like, I I don't deserve to be in there with these people. It's such an interesting game we play with ourselves sometimes. It It really is, and it does come back to how we think people view us. And it, yeah. but it's it's funny. It's the same conversation each of us have probably heard at some point in our life, and it's the same conversation that I have with my high schooler, which is, you know, don't you're worried about how everybody perceives you, but in actuality, in their mind, they're worrying about how you and everyone else is is looking at them. So yeah, yes. it's but yeah, we we all get caught up on it. You're absolutely right. Now, what got you into your personal training? Now, what what? kind of propelled that to get everything started and yeah sure sure um so i was just kind of going along um working and uh, this was a sales and customer service uh, position i had with an online retailer and i had been losing weight while i was there and i always back from when i was in college i was like all right i wanted to i, I wanted to end up getting a training certification and my thought at that time was okay i'm working in an office job i'm i'm living what is known as just the typical everyday life and i'm losing weight somebody somewhere could probably you know benefit from this so i got the certification had no real expectations with it. Uh, just I wanted to have it and figured I would do something at some point. That was 2011. And okay. then somewhere around 2013, that's when boot camps and, and group fitness were really, really hot. I figured, yeah. okay, I'm going to do you know group fitness classes and in-home personal training. Wound up doing some group fitness. Uh, actually got to do... We've got a local, used to be United Cerebral Palsy chapter here, so I got to do an adaptive uh, exercise class once a week for about a year with folks of all different ability levels that some had CP, some had uh, other things that, that were uh, going on with them. But it was cool because some participants were were um, 
were up and moving around. Others were in chairs. So as far as being a fitness instructor, you know, that really helped me because a lot of the adjustments that, that I was making to that class were done on the fly and that was a lot of fun. Um, so I did that. Um, and then, uh, went off on my own, thought I was just going to make a big run of this and, and, you know, be the, the big time fitness professional and pretty much fell flat on my face. Cause that's, there's a, it's a very competitive industry. Um, but then I ended up getting a, a job working back in, in marketing and sales are kind of the fields that I'd been in most of the time. I started working for a marketing agency. Um, and then while I was doing that, I was, I still like, I didn't know what I was going to do with your level fitness. Uh, but then it was, that's when online coaching started to become a thing. And gradually over the last couple of years since really January of, of 2017, I've been doing the online coaching and, and trying to put stuff out around a centralized message and, and just trying to help people. And it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun and things are constantly changing with it. So it's, it's been nice. It seems like you're doing really well with it because, yeah, you're always engaging people. And you, like we said earlier, you're sharing everything on a part a part of the way. So along the way, I should say. And it's, it's yeah, super exciting to see the client progress that you post sometimes. What, what do you think is the biggest thing people are missing when you get it? When you start working with somebody new, what do you think is the maybe the first thing you have to work on with them or what, what what's typically that? big first thing so the biggest thing is i I let them know um i let them know that i have zero expectations especially at first so at first i just want to know what's going on with them day to day and i tell them they can never you can't overshare with me so like you know as long as um you know, as long as you're honest with what's going on day to day, I want to hear it. If it's something that has to do with eating and exercise, I want to hear it. If it's something that's going on with your your stress level at work, totally want to hear it. Um, so, you know, at first, it's just about getting that regular that that trust and that regular communication. And my most successful clients are the ones that are. Uh, really messaging me every day. And we might only have a conversation where we shoot a couple of text messages back and forth, but we know what's going on with the day to day. Now, the other thing I do, because I I think when you get, this is a, a client service, customer service type business. So it's really all about having that, that ongoing dialogue. And then what I do once a week is I'll send out, um, a link to my calendar. And then if there's some open spots on there, they book what would be a 30 minute call, but it's usually like a five to 10 minute check-in just to where, you know, cause like you, we were talking about with face-to-face communication, it's just, it's, it's a little bit more, it's a deeper conversation than just shooting messages back and forth. So, uh, but that's, that's the main thing when somebody, uh, is getting started, it's just, you know, you, you can't be bugging me too much and you can't overshare. Like, I want to know what's going on with your, with your day to day. Um, the other thing that I found, see, most people are, are wanting to lose weight faster or get to a certain place faster. And you can figure all this stuff out yourself. I mean, I, and I try to make it as easy as possible. Like, you know, the way that I track progress and, and goals with my clients, that's easily found on the internet. I'll tell you exactly where to find it. You can do it on your own. Um, but what I found is that you can't really 
because people are getting sold so often, you don't really throw out as many sales pitches as you provide the information, you have ongoing conversations, and then if somebody's ready to work with you, then you know they come to you or you just check up on them and they're like, yeah, I'm ready to get started. Um, and the other thing is, is that just because you start with somebody, like the first time around, like we've had to restart some programs, quote unquote, a number of times. The first time around, you may or may not get it. I mean, it is really all about building a, a, a relationship back and forth with, you know, coach to client. And that takes time to do. But uh, it's, it's I, I think after doing a number of tweaks on the regular communication and, and just getting a structure together, I, I think we finally hit a sweet spot here probably in the last four or five months. That's awesome. And it's great to hear because there's so many people out there that are nervous about trainers, I feel like, especially online mm -hmm. ones. I know mm -hmm. the first couple of times I tried reaching out to people, it's interesting because a lot of the more popular ones with like, you know, s several thousand followers, they'll tell you or they won't tell you anything. You'll buy, you'll buy the program <laughs> and then they send you a piece of paper with everything written on it. This is what you need to do. This is what you need to eat or this is the calorie range you need to be in. Good luck. Check in with me in five weeks. Yeah. <laughs> I remember buying a couple of those at first like that. And I was just like, man, this is a bunch of like baloney. Why did I just waste a hundred and something dollars on this? And oh, yeah. I, I don't even get to talk to a real person or, you know, engage with somebody. I think one of the biggest things that is necessary for everybody and which is, again, another reason social media is so great is that accountability aspect. Having mm -hmm. somebody there with you to help you to ask questions with to just engage with you. It's such an it's such an important part that I feel like so many people overlook at times. And like you said, just that honest and open communication. If you can really be honest and open with somebody, you're you're just not you don't feel alone anymore. You feel like there's somebody with you on their your journey, even if it's not your boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife that's with you doing it. You have somebody else with there that is with you, and it's it's such a powerful thing to have. Well, and we're at it. We're really still at an early point with the online coaching to where it's just now starting. People are just now starting to really understand what it is, and it's just what you said. It's having somebody else on the journey with you, and in a lot of cases, it's. It's, I say it's the next, next best thing to that meme everybody talks about. Well, what I really need is somebody to follow me around and slap the food out of my hand. I say that this type of communication is, is really the next best thing to that. Uh, but you know, we're really getting into a point where it used to be, you had a stereotype of what personal trainers were like they were, they were ex athletes. They liked working out. And it was a lot of what you're talking about. You'd work with a trainer, you'd sign up. They would take you through a workout, but for a lot of it, it was just a, this is a workout that you're going to do. This is however many weeks you're doing it. This is an eating plan for you to follow. And I'll, you know, check in with you at our next session and we'll go through another workout. And what we're, what we're really going to be turning, you know, what we're really turning into is that these people now that are going through the weight loss journeys and, and losing, you know, 80, 100, 200, 300, even in some cases, 400 pounds, you know, there's also other aspects of their life that are relatable. So, you know, for anybody that's on a weight loss journey that works in a, you know, like in a dermatology facility or a medical office, you know, you could really specialize with those types of people because, you know, there's, when you're having that day-to-day -day interaction, 
there's some just subtle nuances that they don't have to explain to you that they would have to to another coach. Plus, you've got the experience of your other story of, of your story, which is what people really are 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 buying off of anyway. It's you as a person and you as as your story, uh, and then you have the credentials on top of it. So I think as we really get into this for the next decade plus, I think you're going to see a lot more. Uh, coaches and trainers and professionals that really are coming from from other backgrounds. So I, I'm really excited to see where it goes. Yeah, same here. And it's exciting to see more people such as yourself that are willing to take the time and put in the effort with people instead mm-hmm. of just, like we said, slapping the program at somebody and say, here, there you go. Good luck. Have a good one. Well, and that was, see, that was what really, when I started to see what online coaching was at the time that what it really felt like is that I'm the trainer. You're going to pay me hundreds of dollars a month. We might have a phone, you know, we'll have a, a, you're going to pay me X amount to just get the program. You're then going to pay X amount to get 15 minutes with me on the phone, you know, once a month or whatever. And I just looked at it. I'm like, you know, there's just, there's a clear gap here between what you've got these coaches and trainers that are wanting that, you know, I mean, look, you're making a living off of your expertise and your name. And I, I totally respect that, but it just seems like they didn't want to do the client service end. I'm like, all right, well, let's see what we can do. If we really make this a customer service, individualized model as, as best we can. So, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see what happens with it. That's amazing. Next question for you, Daryl. What do you think? How, or how big of a? Let me rephrase this. <laughs> how how big of a deal do you think stress is with our physical health, mental health, and what what are some tips you have for people to really counterbalance any stress they may be dealing with in their life? So with stress, um, and stress as a whole, I mean, you're, you're always, you will have to deal with it to some extent. And in some cases it is good to have stress. So like stress at work, we all kind of have to deal with it. We all have to be able to get stuff done. But I think as far as stress management, it really is taking an inventory of your day. And, you know, you probably, if you were to look at your day in, in 15 or 30 minute blocks, you could see where you're typically getting the most stress or if there's certain activities in your day that are causing stress. Um, I would just list those out and then gradually just start coming up with strategies on how to deal with those. Now, you also realize going in something that is high stress in your day-to-day is not going to really you know, pay attention or care to the strategy that you're putting in place. So you've got to have a little bit of flexibility and realize there's still going to be days that this high stress situation is still just going to be, you know, level 10 high stress. So you kind of have to be able to forgive yourself on it, but it's, I mean, it's the same thing that, that people do with weight loss. You just come up with, with strategies and try to implement those as best you can to kind of manage stress. Uh, but I, I think it takes a, a, a large amount of self-awareness and a lot, and really a large amount of honesty with yourself, because I think a lot of folks would just want to have this, you know, well, I don't, you know, I, I, I just, I just ignore stress and I just, you know, do, I just push forward, push forward. And I, I think if you don't acknowledge the stresses that you have in your life, that that's going to end up causing a, a major problem for you down the road as well. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. The other thing I tend to think of too is 
I know when I used to not be so kind of such such a positive person in my life and really Mm -hmm. being a positive person for other people, I would just create my own stress all the time. And the smallest things. And I'm guilty of it, too, because especially when I'm driving, I don't know about you, Daryl, but when I'm driving and I see somebody that either pulls out in front of me or is riding my tail or just anything, you 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 freak out a little bit and you're just like, it just puts you in such a bad mood. I've learned to really like deescalate those situations, but it's so interesting how, especially in situations like that, we can create so much stress and anxiety in our lives. that really doesn't even need to be there because odds are those people thought they were, you know, they're not out to hurt, you know, harm you or they're, they're just either had a miscalculation or, you know, maybe they got distracted by something or, you know, but that that goes into another thing of like phones while you're driving. So it, yep. it's this odd ebb and flow. Well, and it's it's funny that you bring this up because okay, guys, I was I was uh, about five minutes late for the call with Ryan today, and I was I was coming home, and I was going through our subdivision, and we've got about four or five stop signs before we get to the street that we live on, and mm-hmm. you turn off. I was behind this this car that was going, I mean, they're going below the speed limit, which you would much rather see that than somebody flying through. But I swear at every stop sign, (laughs) it it looked like there were two people in the car and it looked like the person that was driving would literally stop, look at something off in the distance and point. And I'm sitting here and because you have that, you always, you always have a choice and you have that thought. I'm like, you know, here I am. I'm like, I'm saying, I'm like, are you serious? I mean, come on. So like, I have this thing here. I could either, you know, be a jerk and honk at this guy or I'm like, you know what? It's not worth it. These, these people, like we've said a number of times, it's a, it's a nice spring day here, guys. Uh, they're enjoying their, they're, yeah. I mean, they're enjoying their time out. I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to get home. I'm going to get situated and then we're going to, we're going to do this call. But I mean, yeah, it's, it's really being able to pull yourself out of the moment and then decide what it is that, that you're going to do. Now, flip side on that. If, if I was in that situation and I see the, the vehicle stop and they're like the second time that they're just like looking at stuff and, you know, if if I honk the horn and, and, you know, and things, you know, they, they, they went forward, but they all of a sudden now are like kind of nervous and doing like this half stop at the stop sign and, and moving forward. And then I get home and I'm thinking about it and I'm like, oh, geez, you know, I, I shouldn't have done that. I know I shouldn't have done that. But at the same time, you look at it and say, okay, well, next time I'm try to put myself in a frame of mind to where I won't do that. But ultimately, and most importantly, be okay with making, you know, with the choice that you made and moving forward and then realizing next time and this case we're talking about like being behind a, a slow driver but in any situation if the situation presents itself again and you don't take your action plan be okay with the fact that you know what maybe next time i'll do it so i i think that's what it is is it's just stepping back and coming up with strategies for stuff right now to kind of piggyback off those thoughts what kind of mental practices or self-talk do you do each day to kind of keep a positive mindset about you so those things don't bother you or those things really don't interrupt your day. So the, the biggest thing that I do is when my alarm goes off, I also have a notification in my calendar that just says, say thank you. And mm. whatever it is. So that's the first thing when I'm turning my alarm off, I see that. And that could be a number of things. You know, what's what's going on, 
and day to day, like what are some things that, that I should at least stop and say, you know, I'm thankful that this is going on. Um, so that, that usually gets me into a good place to start the day. And then that's also why I do my workouts first thing in the morning, because whenever that's happening, um, I'm just trying to organize, organize my thoughts and organize the things I'm going to do. So I feel like if I have some sort of a plan, even though days can kind of get away and do their own thing, um, for the most part, I'm going to be satisfied with how the day goes because I had some sort of a plan and I can always find things that I was able to, to complete or execute. So that's, that's typically how I do it. Those are my two strategies. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that giving. And you know, I, I very recently got the word gratitude tattooed on one of my inner fingers and I look at it every day just as a reminder, just to be grateful and thankful for everything we have in our lives. And it's so, it's kind of like a, a trendy trigger word right now, if you will. However, it's it's so true and so valuable to have those things that we're thankful for, grateful for, and just really appreciate those things. So I love I love how you said that. My final question for you, Daryl. Now, let's say you're just meeting a new client for the first time. However, mm-hmm. you're only going to have maybe five, ten minutes with this person, and then you're never going to see them again. For whatever reason, you're going to meet them for the first time, and that's it. And you can leave them with three pieces of advice. I forgot to mention, they have a significant amount of weight, um, amount of weight to lose. <laughs> okay. And you can only give them three pieces of advice to carry them on and you won't see them again. And you want to make the biggest impact on them. What do you think those three tips or tricks would be for that person? Okay. Regardless, number one, regardless of what you may think in your head, you are never a failure at weight loss until you decide to quit for like four decades. Then you can talk about being a failure. So you're never a failure. Um, two, whatever you do consistently, and it doesn't have to be glamorous, you, you really can lose your weight, weight by you know, walking pretty much on a daily basis. You know, whatever you do consistently, that's going to be what wins. It's not about the flashiest or burning the most calories. It's about what you do consistently. Uh, and three, get on the same page with yourself. You know, you'll see I, you are your own coach because you spend the most time within your own head. So the dialogue that you have going on is within your own head is what's most important. So that that would be my third tip. And that see, because something we always see is because people it, it it comes from a good place because they don't want you to compare yourself to others. So they say my only competition is myself. And I look at that and I'm like, yeah, but I've, I've been in competitive situations before. And like the way that you talk to your competition versus the way you talk to somebody that you're coaching through, it's two very different dialogues. So always be your, you know, be your own coach, be your own biggest fan. And, and again, these are things that take time to really focus on. But yeah, if I could only leave people with three things, those would be them. For anybody that's listening that has a significant amount of weight to lose or that is struggling or is dealing with their inner dialogue, please do yourself a favor and do me a favor. Rewind about two minutes and re-listen to those three things again. There's so many times that we say, yeah, you know, I'm doing that or yeah, I, I, I got, yeah, I've, I've done that. I, I know I get it, but we don't practice it every day and we don't really put it out there every single day we we say yeah you know i'm kind of doing that and half doing it isn't doing it 
we we especially with the dialogue part there's so many times we get wrapped up in our negative dialogue and it just eats us up at us throughout the day and those limiting beliefs stop us from achieving what we want to achieve so again for anybody that is struggling or is just starting out please rewind and listen to those again and really hone in on those because i i daryl i think you hit the nail on the head those are so so important for people starting out and I, I, well, and, and yeah, I, I hope anybody that hears that they're able to put it in practice. And I got to tell you, Ryan, I don't normally get nervous when I'm, when I'm asked questions, but when you're like three pieces <laughs> of advice, I'm like, oh my gosh, I hope I can put this together. But no, I, I hope anybody that hears that, I, I hope it's, it's helpful for them. I'm, I'm positive it will be because those are got to be the top three in my head as well. So Daryl, thank you so much for joining me today. Again, thank you so much for taking time out of our finally beautiful spring day to <laughs> sit down and chat. I really appreciate your time, and I'm sure everybody listening will appreciate it as well. Thank you so much. Sounds good. Thanks for having me, Ryan. Absolutely. I want to thank Daryl again for joining me today. I had a lot of fun going in a little deeper on topics such as strength training, nutrition, and habits that we have. Daryl's been a big inspiration for me since I've started my journey on Instagram, and I'm sure many of you will feel the same after today's episode. If you enjoyed today's episode, please feel free to let me know what you think at Ryan Tomko on Instagram, or please feel free to leave a review if you're inclined to. Lastly, if you think this message could be of use to somebody, please feel free to share this with a friend, again, somebody you think this message may be of use to. And if you haven't been told this today, remember... You are worth your dreams.